Welcome to The Word This Week, where we believe that the Bible is more than just words on a page. They are the words we live by, and it's pretty cool too. We invite you to join us as we read through the Bible together this year. Welcome back to The Word This Week. I'm your host, Brian Vaughn, and this is episode 33. Joining us today are Ben Visneski and Luke Schof, and we got to talk about what it looks like to live as exiles and still be the people of God. So stay tuned. Ben, Luke, thanks for joining us on The Word this week. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, so Luke, this is uh, your second time with us, and uh, thanks for coming back. And Ben, this is your first time, so why don't you introduce yourself, tell us uh, what you're doing in life right now. Uh, So right now, uh, I'm actually about to co-lead a small group with Luke. We're going over Hebrews. Really excited about that. And then uh, about to start my senior year of college. And other than that, outside of school and the river and that sort of stuff, I'm getting really into whitewater kayaking. Whitewater kayaking? Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. So how, how many times have you whitewater kayaked this summer um five or six we were hoping to go tomorrow because it rained a lot but it's summer in cookville so all the rivers just drop immediately so i don't think it's gonna happen but maybe we'll find somewhere this weekend okay Uh, have you ever like tipped over and like couldn't get back yeah i've been on a few down in the water the uh worst one was on the french broad river and i fell out of my kayak and i couldn't get back over so i had to bail and i grabbed somebody's boat with one hand and then the other hand is holding my boat and my paddle and he's trying to paddle upstream to get me somewhere I can get back in my boat but I'm just being like ripped apart because my boat is pointed upstream so it's like a parachute just collecting all of the water from the river and he's like dude you just gotta let go so I just let go and like ran into a rock and climbed on top of it and got back in but it was that was definitely the worst one but it's it's fun you know it's fun and we can both roll now too. Yeah, we we've we've been working on that. So hopefully that won't happen again. So next time I flip back over, the plan is to flip myself back up. Yeah, that's fun. So where where do you go around? Uh, we're recording this in uh, Cookville, Tennessee. So where do you go around here? Um, so I haven't actually been anywhere in Cookville yet, okay. but there's supposed to be a lot of cool stuff in Crossville on the Obed River. Okay. Um, there's some stuff really close uh, close by that's a little unknown and. Um, not very frequently run. It's Spring Creek. And then above Del Hollow Lake is the Wolf River. And it's supposed to be really pretty up there. That's where we were hoping to go tomorrow, but I think it's going to be too low. But we'll see. Maybe we'll get some more rain today. That's fun. Luke Ben told us about the things he's into. (laughs) So outside of all that stuff, you know, what what are you doing for fun? Um, it really kind of depends on the weather, but I love riding dirt bikes and motorcycles. I have a street legal dirt bike that I ride around and I just like, that's how I really used to de-stress and still do sometimes. I just get up and go and like find a gravel road and just make a bunch of turns till I'm lost in the woods somewhere. Yeah. And then just like that's mess fun. around. Yeah. Have you ever gotten so lost that you were a little worried? I'm not sure I'm going to find my way out. I have a really uncanny sense of direction. Like I'll go someplace once. I don't at all. (laughs) I can go. I can go to a new place within probably like an hour range, and I can get back off of just that one trip. That is that's impressive. So some of my goals are to get lost. So you have like an internal GPS kind of yeah kind of thing going on. Yeah, I have gotten sort of lost once, um, but it was like a bunch of dead end routes. So I just eventually got back out. Are you actually an android? Can't answer that. <laughs> yes, he, he is. Are you a Star Trek guy? I have. Uh, I I've, I've watched a little Star Trek okay. back in the day. Yeah, yeah. 
the Star Trek Next Generation probably mo- more mm. than the original. Mm. Okay. But I don't know. How do we get to I don't know. He's an Android guy. Oh, Android. Okay. Of, uh, yeah. it, what's his name? Data? Data. Data. Yeah. 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 That's funny. Although we probably have often said, Ben, that uh, Luke is a machine. Uh, he's quite a... He definitely... Yeah, he definitely yeah. is. Ben had, we had a conversation about how I go too hard sometimes. <laughs> or everything's way too serious. I so. also think that me and Luke could not be more differently <laughs> in the way we approach school and... <laughs> You saw his iPad earlier that has the infinite notes. Yeah. I have five notebooks that I get every semester. And I would say I write down about 20% of what the professor says. And then yeah. I'll doodle a lot, draw a lot of pictures. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I love that. And and I've gotten to know both of you pretty well over the last uh, few years uh, in your time here at college. And thinking about you being college students, you both... Uh, mechanical engineering students. Yes, um, that's right. But you have very different personalities. Very. And, um, and I was wondering, does the things that you're interested in or the things you're good at, like, you know, you're pursuing mechanical engineering, the way your brain thinks that way, does that affect the way that you read scripture or at least maybe the things that you notice in scripture? It, how we how we would pick apart scripture, like in, in a sense of, does that correspond to how we per, do... Uh, our engineering classes? Uh, maybe. I mean, you could you could respond to that. Or I think more of what I was thinking is, okay, because I'm mechanically minded, I'm I'm noticing things, I'm noticing structures, you know, oh, yeah. those kinds of things. Um, maybe you're more driven by just your personality where, where Luke is a little more personality-wise, discipline, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, for you, Ben, it's, you know, talking about doodling. So <laughs> yeah. probably there's a creative mind in there and, you know, you're – you're noticing things differently than, than Luke does, perhaps. I would say we definitely notice things differently. I I love it when I find the structure, but sometimes it's a little hard. Um, <laughs> I would say that Luke is uh, definitely, he's a lot more organized. Like when he, he was leading small group last year, he had like notes, like you could see how the book was unfolding and stuff like that. And I'm just kind of reading it, be like, uh, if something just randomly pops into my brain, like, oh, I remember that from this. So let's go talk about that maybe. But it's not, it's kind of a it's like a firecracker instead of a well organized system of thought. <laughs> yeah. So I would say you probably both of you maybe, uh, but definitely been uh, for you kind of driven just personality the way you approach the world. That's what drives how you read scripture. Mm-hmm. And what you know. So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Luke, what what about you? What do you think? Probably pretty similar. I think a lot of my personality comes from what I want to do with the rest of my life, which is why those are related. So like when I read scripture, I'm looking for, I'm trying to get out of only looking for things that I can get out of it. But um, my initial like reaction is what, how does this fit together? What does this mean? What's the point that he's trying to get across? And like, what do I do with this? And less of like, probably more reading to understand rather than reading to like, I don't have a good word for that. Maybe less of a devotional reading, but more of a, um, yeah, I want to see exactly what's there, how it's going. Yeah. Yeah. Part of that is my personality. Like mm-hmm. I'm, um, you're going to hate this. I'm a three on the Enneagram. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the Enneagram. <laughs> we have a lot of conversations about that, um, which is funny because the first friend group I had in college before I met Ben and Weston, who are my best friends, um, were like big into the Enneagram yeah, and yeah. Ben Weston absolutely don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it because there's none of them that match me. <laughs> and then I sit around with you guys and you always tell me that I'm an eight or someone will tell me I'm a seven, but no one can agree and none of them fit. So I'm just, I'm not a fan. 
<laughs> but my personality type is really motivated by achievement and like accomplishing things and like getting to a goal. Yeah. So I take that approach when I read scripture, mm-hmm. which isn't always good, but yeah. keeps me organized. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I just, I think it's fascinating. The, the, the way we're wired, the way God's designed us, you know, I think definitely affects the, the way that we approach scripture. But I think something, and this is just a note that's for free, you know, <laughs> something that we often need to understand, but I think we forget is that these scriptures had original authors who had an original intent mm-hmm. and an original meaning. And so we need to let that drive how we interpret scripture rather than how my mind uh, approaches it. Or Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's more important to know what was originally meant and how did that affect mm. the original uh, audience, the original circumstances, and uh, and let that drive our interpretation rather than, oh, I read this, and that made me think of flowers in a field, and that's really great, and I think God <laughs> loves me like a, I love a flower. I don't I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with noticing things like that, but we want to make sure that we let Scripture interpret itself. We, we let the original meanings interpret um how we approach it and then how we apply it. Now, some of our applications might be a little different than what it was for that original audience yet. Does that make sense? Yeah. We just need to let that original uh, meaning drive the way we, the way we see it. That was one of the reasons we actually picked Hebrews um, because Hebrews, like it's written to a very Hebrew audience in a very Hebrew culture. And uh, we wanted to take that challenge on to try to, get as Hebrew as we possibly can to really see if we can start to understand all of the metaphors and all of the sure. imagery in that as the original audience would. Cause mm-hmm. if, if we just read it from a, an American Christian perspective, we're going to come out in a very different place yeah. than the original audience would. Sure. And Hebrew meaning uh, Jewish background. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, believers, you know, uh, the writer of Hebrews is talking to followers of Jesus, but it's definitely written with their history. Yeah. And their understanding in mind, for sure. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so, in this week's reading, as we've been reading through the Bible, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, we actually are finally coming to the end of Jeremiah. It feels <laughs> like we've been in it forever. I actually went back and looked. We've been in Jeremiah for three weeks. I think Jeremiah really is the longest one. book in the Old yeah, Testament. Wow. It is. And so, I was, uh, it might be wrong to say, but I was kind of... <laughs> anticipating coming to the end of, of the book of Jeremiah and you're sorry to see him go something something new so this next week we'll uh we'll jump into some different stuff but interspersed in in the reading this week uh, we have uh, the first couple chapters of Daniel uh, which uh, has some great stuff and and then a lot of the history with finishing up the time period that Jeremiah was was writing prophecy some of these uh, last kings and puppet kings of Judah. We talk a lot about the the kind of the final Babylonian exile or the Judeans into Babylon. And so a uh, lot of stuff in here. So as you guys have been reading uh, this week's stuff, what, what are some of the things that were jumping off the page to you? I love Daniel uh, just because it's I think it can be easily applied and we can take a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really think the way that Daniel responds to being pulled from 
everything he's used to living in, like from royalty. He's the best. He's part of the best of the best of Judah, and he's yeah. part of this royal family. And he's probably been pampered for most of his whole life. We don't know that. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to assume that. Sure. Um, and he gets pulled away as like I guess an adolescent, like a teenager, probably. Probably with probably all of, with teens, yeah. with his friends, yeah. and then instead of crying about it or giving up or like trying to kill himself, his response is how can I be even better and give all the glory to God? How can I be the best that I can be in the situation I have? I think I struggle with that sometimes just being like living in exile, not, not for extended periods of time, but just for small portions of time. Like it's, uh, it's, it's hard sometimes to go at it with that mindset. And I would say Daniel is definitely like, you read that you're like, this, this is what we're called to be. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, striving for that more is something that I'm definitely, uh, trying to focus on right now. Yeah. So help our listeners understand that because you're, you're an American and you live in Cookville, Tennessee while you're going to school here. And uh, you just said, yeah, you know, living as an exile. How are you in exile? So I would say maybe not in the biblical way, but when I think about how to apply exile to our lives today, I would say it's any time that we're not around our church friends and our church community and uh, fellow believers. Like I just finished a summer working in Huntsville, Alabama and you know, like no one, no one, at, no one there was a believer really. In the whole town of maybe no. in, the, <laughs> in, the, in the group I worked in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it got towards the end, my good the buddy, environment you were yeah, working in, it was very it was, secular. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think you can apply it that way. You know, Paul and Peter both in the New Testament use that language of us being exiles, and sometimes it was specifically people that were not in their homeland. Mm-hmm. Um, and often those were Christians who were spread out because of persecution. But they also use it in the sense of, Paul says, our citizenship is in heaven. You know, it's not not this earth. And so um, until we're back into our, our homeland, we are living in exile. And yeah. so, you know, we're living still in a world that um, that is overcome with, with rebellion against God and, and sin and um, brokenness and hurt and all of these things that the, that the kingdom of God is not, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're living living in exile. So, so how did, at the beginning, so you, you brought up Daniel. Uh, at the beginning of Daniel, uh, we meet him and we meet three of his friends. And so how did they approach this living in exile? They came into it with kind of an attitude of, we're going to do what we can to better this, uh, better our circumstances and better the people around us and do everything that God has commanded us to do to bring him glory. Like whenever the, um, whenever the food was offered and they were like, no, we don't want that. We would like to continue eating our diet of vegetables and give us 10 days and we'll see. And then it came back around and we're like, they were the strongest, most fit looking people there. And so they were like, okay, yeah, your God, your God knows better than we do. So carry on. Yeah. And and really they just, they wanted to continue to walk in God's ways, God's Mm -hmm. heart and God's desire for them. Yeah. Right. Even when it was hard, which, you know, it's fascinating. Then eventually we'll get back into the rest of Daniel, you know, and his three friends. And then Daniel eventually, you know, with, uh, uh, with the way that he was praying, uh, they faced, extreme like the ex- most extreme of of persecution and circumstances yeah yeah um and yeah i i love i love those guys um uh, but what's 
interesting to me as well is in our chronological Bible, the way these first couple chapters were put there uh, and also uh, being in the midst of Jeremiah because this was, they were kind of contemporaries. Yeah. He wrote that letter to the exiles, which would have been yeah. Daniel. Yeah. And I, I, actually, I want to, I want to read a, a bit of that. This is in Jeremiah 29. You said it, Ben. He, Jeremiah literally wrote a letter to the exiles yeah. uh, living in Babylon. And, and this is what he wrote. He said, This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes. Plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that they may have many grandchildren. Multiply. Do not dwindle away and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. I think that's huge. Mm -hmm. He said, work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you. Pray to the Lord for it. Yeah. Hmm. And he goes on to say, hey, do that because you're going to be in exile for 70 years. <laughs> right? The, um, but he's saying, look, this is where I have you. This is where you are. Pray for, work towards the beauty, the prosperity of the place where I have you. I think that's also kind of interesting because if you go back to chapter 24 where he has the vision of the figs and he talks about the good figs and the bad figs. Mm -hmm. Like if I was God, which I'm not, but if I was going to send some people <laughs> that would be eggs, That would be an interesting place. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> I just got that. That was good. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to. No, I didn't right. mean to. Didn't right. mean to. But if, if I was going to make the, if I had the this group of people that were my special possession and mm -hmm. they were living in their homeland and I was going to pick between the good figs and the bad figs, the good people and the bad people to cast out into exile, I don't mm -hmm. think I would have chosen the bad, the good people to send away. Mm. And I think, I think it's kind of interesting that he just left the bad people. Mm. They, they just stayed in Jerusalem and kind of consumed themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and there are two different groups uh, yeah. that were left because also it mentions in, in what we read this week that a lot of the poor were left. Yeah. And probably maybe even for the first time, the, the poor probably benefited from. Yeah there being less people in the land and you know, those kinds of things. I don't, I don't know that for sure. I'm just kind of, it's interesting that. Yeah, he for sure. That, um, it's an interesting conquering tactic too. I was thinking about that from, cause it's Nebuchadnezzar like takes all the rich and high esteemed and powerful mm -hmm. people out and then just leaves the lower class poor people who mm -hmm. weren't necessarily like in leadership. Yeah. And in that it wasn't just that, uh, not everyone who was exiled was walking with God. Yeah. Obviously because mm -hmm. of the, the, the kings and the, you know, uh, but, you know, going back to the figs, the, the prophecy you mentioned. Yeah. There, was, there were, he had some meaning in that. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, Luke, when you, when you mentioned Daniel and how applicable it is to, to us thinking about Jeremiah's words there, praying for, for your city and, and being present and working towards its pros prosperity. How does that, how does that look for us today? How does that look for you guys as uh, seniors in college? Uh, Luke, you're married. 
which congratulations. Thanks. Bye. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> um, ben, you're entering your last year of college. You guys are looking towards careers and your future. So how do you take what Jeremiah wrote to those exiles and apply that to your stage of life and what you're doing now? Um, I would say that I think uh, the request for Jeremiah, they were to pray for the prosperity of their city and kind of just be God's people where God had them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, they did, they did a good job at that. Like mm-hmm. they, uh, they served the palace of Nebuchadnezzar, even though maybe they didn't agree with him. They didn't stand for anything that he stood for, I would guess. But at the same time, they didn't sacrifice on anything that, made them God's people mm-hmm. and they uh they lived in his ways they lived they lived the life that they were called to live where they were yeah and i think uh i think that's something we can all do and i think it's probably something we can all do better at but i would say in today's day and age it's just you you are where god has you right now mm-hmm. and so what can you do about that today i think you can just go out and try to shine the light of jesus on everyone you come across yeah which is a tall task yeah I agree with what Ben said fully. I think also some, I don't know if delineation is the word, but difference between the way a lot of people do Christianity that I've seen is they view it as we are, I mean, we're citizens in heaven, right? So mm-hmm. we're exiles in quotes, but they view that so far as in they exile themselves from the culture. So we're mm-hmm. never actually in the culture. Like look at mm-hmm. Shadrach, Meshach, and uh, yeah. I forgot his name, but um, they, they, they follow their convictions. They follow what God's called them to do, but they're also, they're really good citizens and they're really yeah. good wise men. Like they are, I think the way God has called us to live is the best way to live. Yeah. And if that's true, that we should be some of, maybe not the better people, but like mm-hmm. some really good citizens of yeah. our city, our state, our country, and like our communities and yeah. be in, involved in stuff and in stuff to where we can be a light in those situations. So kind of, not isolating yourself in this Christian right. Yeah. Right. bubble. Yeah. And thing. not viewing the culture as like, oh, they're bad. We need to not be away from them. But view them as in like, I want to pray for these people because if they die, like they don't know, I don't know where they're going. Right. And like, that's, that breaks my heart and that breaks mm-hmm. God's heart. And that's right. what we're called to do. Yeah. So uh, for you guys, uh, as an engineer, you are an engineer who works hard, who is a good employee, who is kind, who is loving right? Mm-hmm. Or as a husband, you know, you mm-hmm. reflect uh, God's uh, God's love for us in the way that you love your wife, right? Um, or as a friend, you're, mm-hmm. you're a yeah. friend that looks like Jesus, right? <clears throat> um, and it, it doesn't mean if that, it doesn't matter whether that's a friend who's, who's far from God or, or walking with God, right? It doesn't matter if your workplace, your environment, you know, Ben, like you mentioned, uh, it doesn't matter uh, if in that environment there's uh, a lot of people who are walking with God and believe the same things that you do, or there's no one that's walking with the Lord or, and believes the same things that you do, you are who you are. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. the I think the terminology. They were God's people. You know, we mm-hmm. we are God's people, and we're a reflection of Him uh, wherever wherever we are. Mm-hmm. We're always a reflection, and it's whether we give a distorted reflection. Or an accurate reflection, right? That was pretty good. I just came off the top of my head. That was pretty good. I like that. that. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Jimmy, you can cut that out if you want to. Leave it in, Jimmy.
thank you guys for, yeah. for your thoughts on that. I, I think that's really important for us to, I think that is an important takeaway for us. Occasionally, I'll ask as we're kind of closing our time together, um, thinking about what you've read this week or, or maybe even what you're taking away. Hmm. If there's one word or one phrase um, that you could kind of sum that up in, what would you say? You sent this out in an email and I should have thought about it prior. <laughs> I actually thought about it beforehand this time. This I did morning. not. <laughs> these que- okay. I said this last time. These questions are really hard for me because I don't like one word answers for yeah. stuff. But Well, it doesn't have to be one word. It can yeah. be a phrase. So, <laughs> so uh, this might sound a little weird, but I feel like the word I'm thinking of is discipline because Daniel um, shows intense discipline in mm-hmm. the way he lives his life and like, interacts with other people and the way he gives God credit every time. And then Jeremiah is calling for punishment and judgment for the lack of discipline, Mm. but also calling for the Israelites to do the same thing in captivity and like show, even though like everything you had is lost and you've lived in somewhere else and you're probably enslaved, like show discipline and be faithful to God and he'll be faithful to you. And then Jeremiah talks about how the Babylonians and Israelites don't do that and how they're going to be punished. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I'm going to go with trust. Okay. Because I don't think, uh, acting in any of these ways that Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did or any of the faithful exiles did is possible without just an all-powerful all amount of trust in God. Like, Because uh, if, you, if you don't believe that he's going to do what he says he does, then, then living that way is kind of foolish, right? Like yeah. if, you, if you don't believe that God is actually going to protect you, then telling nebuchadnezzar that you're not going to eat the food he tells you to eat or else he'll kill you is it's kind of foolish Mm. but if you if you really truly believe that god is what he says he is and he does what he says he does then then i think that's the only way that it's really feasible for any of us to act in in this in a similar manner in whatever position god has us in in our lives Mm. that's good. good hey thank you guys for joining us today yeah. Um, Thanks for having us. It's been um, a great conversation. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, we want to thank the River Community Church for sponsoring this podcast. And if you're in Cookville and looking for a church home, we'd love to invite you to come out and you can check out more about us at theriverCC.com. Thanks and join us next time on The Word This Week. Thanks.